Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You're like, okay, great, but it's a thousand miles. That's so long. That's going to take me forever. No, don't look at it like that. Look at it like you showing up every day, every day, every day, taking one small step forward. That's the thing most people won't do. Most people will only get the kick in the pants and start doing work when life falls apart. Most people will only put that effort in when they're sinking back down really close to failure or when imagine you're in you know, a body of water and you start to drown. So you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, let me swim, let me swim. I'm gonna get back to the surface. I'm gonna do everything that I can do to live right now. Then you put all this effort to getting back to the surface so that you can live And eventually over time, the same thing happens. You stop putting so much effort in, you start sliding back down, and then you only put the effort in when you start to get into a dire situation again. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how you can be more productive. Specifically, how can you get more done in a single day than other people do in an entire week? How can you get more done in a week than other people do in a month? Now, don't get me wrong. Every human I know is busy. 
I don't know a single adult and even children that don't have a million different things that are requiring their attention at any given moment. But just because we're so busy doesn't mean that we're actually producing anything of substance. Just because we're so busy doesn't mean that we're actually getting closer to our personal or professional goals. And I know that you guys love episodes that are about organization or productivity, and that's where the idea came from. But this morning I was thinking to myself, why like, why do I get to talk to you about this or why do I get to offer an opinion? And I took a step back and I was like, actually, I haven't really thought about it before, which is the Enneagram 3 in me, but I am incredibly productive and I have a career that speaks to that. So I was writing down just a few things. If you're not already familiar with me and my career, that prove, before I get into this conversation about how you could be more productive, this resume of mine will maybe give you some idea that I know what I'm talking about. So in the last nine years, I have written 11 books. I've written 11 books in three different categories, fiction, cookbooks, and nonfiction, personal development. I have written one full-length screenplay, more on that later. I have launched endless things within my business. I've been an entrepreneur for, I mean, it's got to be over 20 years at this point. And in the last decade, I have grown that business to high 10 figures. At times I've had four employees, at times I've had 60 employees. Throughout all of these things, I've had four children. I have run 14 half marathons. I have run two full marathons. I have done the Everest Challenge. I have walked the Camino de Santiago. I have gotten an incredible handle on my health, both emotionally and physically. I have done a lot of stuff, and I've done it all simultaneously. So when I tell you that I've got some hacks for how to be more productive, I feel like it's legit. And certainly there are experts in this and there are books you can read and other podcasts you can listen to. But today's conversation is what I have done, what specifically has helped me to accomplish so much. Today, as I am recording this for you in October of 2023, I host two full-time podcasts, which equates to about six podcast episodes every single week. I write all of the emails that come out from our company. I do my own social media. I manage my team at work. We have a bunch of freelancers that I work with. I do this while raising four kids. And simultaneously, I'm in edits on my next book, and I'm in edits on that screenplay that I told you about. So I got a lot of things going on and have historically had a lot of things going on. And I like to think that not just the quantity of my work, but the quality of my work continues to improve with time. All of that to say, if you get one overarching message out of this conversation today, I hope that you hear that it's possible. I hope that you hear that productivity is a learned skill, that you can acquire some hacks, some tactics that will improve your output and not just improve your output, but improve the way it feels to 
be producing at that level. Because I've had times in my life where I was producing at super high levels and it was running me into the ground. And it's taken this long to figure out how to produce at this level and have it feel really good. Have it be something that energizes me and gives me life, not depletes me. I want you to hear that it's possible for you. And I also want you to hear that there are paths, that there is examples and other behavior that you can model yourself after to learn how to fit the goal that you have for your life into your real life. I know you're working hard. I know you have all sorts of responsibility, but I also know that you've got pockets. Maybe it's only a 20-minute pocket at a time that you've got a little space for yourself and your dreams, but there are pockets. And within those pockets, you can accomplish a lot if you're focused and use that time in the right way. So that was my pitch on why I've got ideas and also what the intention is for this episode. Now let's get into what you can actually do in your real life. When it comes to productivity, a lot of the advice tends to be very granular, meaning it tends to be sort of bitty. It's it's nitty, it's gritty, it's tiny little details, it's here's what you can do. But I think overall, the first place I want to start and the first thing that really clicked for me was understanding which time of day you are most productive inside of. This is crucial and people miss this by a mile. I am most awake. I am most energized. I am most focused first thing in the morning. I would say my best work happens before noon. Incidentally, it's 1220 right now. I usually don't start recording a podcast this late in the day, but I had a bunch of meetings this morning. And so it sort of pushed my recording time back a bit later. And I can tell a difference. I can tell a difference in my clarity and I've had to retake things a couple of times just because like if I'm getting up at 5 a.m., I'm clicking, I'm sat, like everything's awake and alive and I just feel that energy. And as the day goes on, it's lessened. It's not to say that I don't still produce good work in the afternoon. I can do anything I need to do at any time of day. But this is about being most productive. And most productive looks like you using the time you have to its fullest potential. So right now, maybe do a little soul searching or maybe you already know the answer to this, but ask yourself which time of day you feel best. I had a call last Friday with my finance team and I was with my kids in Hawaii and That meant that my call with the finance team was at 7 a.m. Hawaii time. So sorry, I refuse to like not be in pajamas with a cup of coffee if I have to do a call at 7 a.m. And it was a Zoom call, so I was on video. So as soon as it comes up, I'm like messy hair. I've got pajamas on. I've got my coffee, but also these people work with me and get paid by me. So I'm like, it's you, it's fine. And I get on, I'm like, hey guys, my apologies slash you're welcome. These are my PJs. It's 7 a.m. And the team is on various places throughout the country. So I had someone from the East Coast, someone on Central Time. They were all over the place. And I was like, it's fine though. I promise I'm awake. Like this is my best time of day. And the virtual CFO was, he's on Central Time. He's like, oh my gosh, so funny. I'm terrible in the morning. I'm a night owl. 
Like I come alive at 10 p.m. It's when my brain is most creative. It's most efficient. Like that's my time. And then another woman, our controller, was like, oh, how funny. I don't do morning or evening. I'm really good in the afternoon. Like after lunch, I feel like it's my best work. And that actually gave me the idea to add this bit into conversation today because do you know what your best time is? If you know what your best time is, you can do everything in your power to set yourself up around what works best for you. Now, I know we don't all have control of our schedule, but to some extent, again, I'm going to go back to this, like, you've got pockets. I heard someone say once, like, everybody has to have an hour. You've got an hour somewhere. And if you've got an hour somewhere, can you utilize that hour to work for you? Real quick, I just want to add this caveat. Sometimes you got to get it done, regardless of whether or not it fits into your perfect bracket. There are many times that if I wanted to have a complete book, if I wanted to have a complete manuscript, I was going to have to write or edit when I had the time, when the baby was taking a nap, right? Or after the kids had gone to bed. That just is what it is. For those of us who, you know, we're not trust fund babies. We don't have millions of dollars that someone just gave us. We have to work for a living. We got to take care of people. We don't have the luxury of deciding when and how we'll do things. But what I'm trying to to get to click for you if it hasn't yet is I'm assuming you don't work seven days a week. Maybe you do. But assuming you don't work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, it means that you have some time periods that you are completely in control of. And if you are completely in control of, can you use those time periods to effectively do what you need to do when you feel your best? First thing is know your time of day and embrace it if at all possible. This is me speaking to those of you who do have control of your schedule. You're a small business owner. You're the CEO. You're starting your own thing. You're making your work from home. You get to dictate your schedule to some degree. If that is the case, you better be setting up your day around your circadian rhythm. It's that time within 24 hours that you're going to feel and act and be at your best. So let's start there. What time of day are you going to work on the thing you want to work on? Once you know your when, now we need to focus on what. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. 
And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, Auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Y'all, hear me say this. Most people who are working toward a goal think that they are working toward a goal and they are actually just doing busy work. It's the small business owner who goes in and tries to get to inbox zero and getting to inbox zero got them nowhere closer to actually booking clients. It's someone with a side hustle who keeps redesigning their landing page over and over and over and hasn't actually published the thing. It's someone who launched their first product nine months ago and keeps seeing all of these YouTube videos and TikToks and reels about how they need to be in the social media game and that's what's gonna take their business to the next level. And so they're obsessively posting reels and Instagram stories and TikToks and all of this stuff but no one actually is buying your product. You're just over here doing busy work. It is so easy to, I'm using air quotes right now, it's so easy to work on the project without actually working on the project. This tiny shift will move mountains. What are you actually trying to accomplish? If you read Girl, Stop Apologizing, you remember this chapter. If you haven't read it, go grab it at the library. You don't need to buy it. But there's an entire conversation in it about focusing on results, not to-dos. Your to-do list can be 100 miles long and not get you a single step closer to where you're trying to go. But if you're like, what are the results that I need this week? Well, this week I need to book at least one new client. Okay, great. Let's back up. If I need to book one new client, how much outreach do I typically need to do to get to one client? Okay, Rach, well, actually, I usually have to call about 10 people before I get one to say yes. Great. So that means the result that you're looking for is one new client, and the path to get to that result is outreaching to 10 different people. Now we have a plan. 
That's not answering email. That's not writing a blog post. That's not recording a podcast episode. That is the plan that you have to execute to get you closer to where you want to go. Be crystal clear on the results that you want. Take that big picture and then chunk it down. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So you start with the result that you want and then you ask yourself, what's it going to take for me to accomplish this thing? Now, we know what time of day, we know the result that we are looking for. The third thing that you have to do is plan. Failing to plan is planning to fail. When I look at a day, I have the same notebook that I wrote my notes for today's episode is the same notes that has the results that I need by the end of today in order for me to accomplish the things that I need to do. I create my results list every single morning when I sit down. I've also had a ton of success in the past writing my results list for the next day at the end of the previous day or at the end of the previous work session. I'm like, okay, this is what I accomplished today. Tomorrow, here's what I need to do. And I get it. Sometimes it's honestly a bummer. Like it's a bummer to have to look at the list and be like, oh my gosh, I just did all of these things and now I've got to do all these other things. I actually just had an experience like this today where my call this morning was me getting notes on a project that I'm working on. And it's a really big project and it is taken so much time and so much effort and it's really pushed me, like pushed me outside my comfort zone. I just finished this big rework of it. It took me months to accomplish. I turned it in. The team came back. They were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We love this, like incredible work. You did all the things that we asked you to do. And now we have more notes. This sort of is what it feels like when you've just accomplished all your daily tasks and now you've got a whole new list to go. And what I want y'all to hear me say, like really hear me say this, is that successful people do things that unsuccessful people won't do. So I want you to understand that it never stops. The work never stops. You never get to a place where you're like, boom, nailed it. Like, I'm done. I I get to just ease up. Now, certainly there are seasons where you can sort of ease back. Maybe you're on vacation. It's the weekend. It's evening. Or it's your special time of day to replenish and rejuvenate and take time to, like, fill your cup back up. But if you are trying to push your life forward, then Every single day, you have to take steps forward. And the beauty of this is that those steps don't have to be big. It's easy to get overwhelmed when you look at the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You're like, okay, great, but it's a thousand miles. That's so long. That's going to take me forever. No, don't look at it like that. Look at it like you showing up every day, every day, every day, taking one small step forward. That's the thing most people won't do. Most people will only get the kick in the pants and start doing work when life falls apart. 
Most people will only put that effort in when they're sinking back down really close to failure or when imagine you're in you know, a body of water and you start to drown. So you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, let me swim. Let me swim. I'm going to get back to the surface. I'm going to do everything that I can do to live right now. Then you put all this effort to getting back to the surface so that you can live. And eventually over time, the same thing happens. You stop putting so much effort in, you start sliding back down, and then you only put the effort in when you start to get into a dire situation again. There's an alternate path. That alternate path is that you figured out what to do to keep yourself afloat, right? You're like, oh, if I want to stay afloat, I have to swim. So the alternate path is you don't stop swimming. You don't stop putting effort in just because you're not about to die. You keep putting effort in every single day to help you get closer to where you want to go. And the beauty of this is that you already have the skill. You know how to swim. You know how to get a client. You know how to make rent when the situation calls for it. You know how to keep yourself afloat. What you don't realize is that the skills that keep you afloat are the same skills that get you ahead. It's the same skills that pull you out of that water, get you up on land, get you climbing that mountain, get you to the next level. Every day you're going to have to show up. And every day you're going to have to show up effectively. Because if you don't show up effectively, you're going to get discouraged and you're going to quit. So you want to create a plan that pushes you closer to the results that you've identified and a plan that allows you, if at all possible, to execute against those results in the time period that feels best for you. There are all sorts of different ways to keep track of the plan. There's lots of software. I know people who love Asana. I I know people who love like Monday. You know me, guys. If you can't see me right now, I'm holding up my notebook. I love my notebook. I've used this for years. Me personally, I just like to write things down and I like to cross them off. I Maybe I'm old school. I'm not cool. The kids today, they do it in notes on their phone or whatever. Great. Do what works for you. But for me, I like to write things down. And frankly, for any of you who are working on goals for yourself and also like to write things down, I love a journal because this is essentially my diary. I have behind me here in the studio, in the closet, I've got all of my notebooks going back 15 years. So I can go back to like 2013 and look at where I was in 2013 and be like, holy crap, good for you. You've come really far. You've done these things. Look, you were trying to figure out how to do that back then. Now you're at a whole different level. What a blessing. I also like to think that maybe someday my kids would look at these and understand what it took, you know, for mama to take care of our family. So in any event, do what works for you, but do it consistently. Remember that idea of a single step. A single step, a single step. If something works, keep doing it. Y'all, to be real with you right now, with all the love in my heart, you probably don't need another podcast episode. You probably don't need another tool. 
You probably don't need to get a special software or download another app on your phone. I would bet that most of the audience listening to this, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people all over the world listening to this, the one thing that you need to do to really get closer to where you want to be and who you want to be is to just do it every day. It's that simple. But I think it was Jim Rohn who said, the things that'll change your life are really simple to do. The problem is they're also really simple not to do. So as you take on board some of the ideas in today's episode, or maybe there's some other thing you've heard lately that you really want to try, freaking try it. But just keep doing it when it works. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we're all super busy. We have so many things filling up our plate each and every day. And I like to imagine what it would be like if I had an extra hour. Like, what would I do? I like to think that I would be my absolute best self and I would meditate and make sure I'm journaling more. I would do my morning pages. I would really take advantage of that time. But in order to know what to do with your time, you have to understand what your priorities are. And therapy can be a really fantastic way to figure that out. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Rach to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash reach. It's spring, guys, or it's very close to spring, which means it's very close to the time of the year where I start planting my garden for summer. And this year, I was really excited to add a lemon tree not from a seed, but like an actual tree. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners of my show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code RACH at checkout. Guys, get a lemon tree like me. We can be twins. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code RACH at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code RACH. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. I'm back on this nutrition plan that I used to do several years ago. 
And it's so stupid, really, because when I was on this nutrition plan, I ate the same thing every day, all throughout the day, over and over and over. And I tend to change up my nutrition just to see, does this help me? Does this make my hormones feel more balanced? Does this give me more energy? I'm constantly tweaking my wellness because I want to operate at the highest levels. But throughout the last several years, I have held in the back of my head that there was a certain plan. I worked with a nutritionist, gosh, four years ago or something. And he put me on this, it's not a diet because it's not about losing weight. But when I say diet, I mean like as in the food that you take in your body. So he put me on this very specific way of eating. And when I was on that plan, I had the most energy I've ever had, the least inflammation in my body. I slept the best. I mean, I could just give you a list of like a hundred reasons why this was great for me. But you know why I stopped doing it? Don't laugh. Because it's boring. It's so boring. It's the same thing over and over and over and over. And I did it for probably a year and like felt amazing. And then I stopped. And then as I've like tried all these different things to figure out what works best for me, I was like, Rachel, stop being dumb. You know what works. You just need to do it. So I've been doing it for about a month because I really wanted to reset after the summer. I had a lot of fun this summer. I went to Europe. I did vacations. I lived my best life. Like I was doing all these things and I really needed a reset to get out of the habit of like, yeah, I'll have some wine. Yeah, I'll have all the things. I've been back on this way of eating for a month. I feel so good. All the things that happened before, oh, shocker, they're happening again. I'm never hungry. My brain is operating at the highest level. I don't feel inflammation in my body. I'm not super bloated. Just like literally everything that worked is working. It's so dumb. Why do we find a solution that works for us and then we stop doing it? You know, you were walking every day and then all of a sudden you stopped walking because it got cold or you stopped walking because you got busy or your schedule shifted around. You didn't carve out a new time period to do that thing. And lo and behold, all of the progress that you made, you're back down where you were. So hear me say this, just do it every day. Whatever's working, just do it every day. Okay, the next thing in your lineup, you've got time of day, you've got what are the results you're looking for. Hopefully you've got some kind of plan and every single day you're planning for what you want to accomplish. You're planning for what you want this week, this month, this year. The next thing that you're going to do is get rid of everything you can that is not the stuff that you want to accomplish. Get rid of every single thing that you can that is not what you want to accomplish. Bruce Lee said, hack away at the unessential. I love this quote because I love that he says hack away. He doesn't say snap your fingers and it's all gone. He doesn't say by tomorrow morning, eliminate all of the toxic people and the energy vampires from your life. He's like hack away. And to me, that denotes like, okay, I'm going to work at this. I'm going to put effort into this. But also the word hack is unapologetic. It's like, get rid of it. I'm hacking this off. I don't want it here anymore. The more that you can remove things from your life that are 
distractions that are filler, that are sucking your energy, those toxic friends that you don't even want to hang out with anyway, the Netflix that you need to stop watching at night because that would be your opportunity to work on your goal. Like hack away at the unessential because you have got to get laser focused on what it is you want to do if you actually want to be able to accomplish it. You don't have to. Nobody is asking you to elevate. Nobody's asking you to get to the highest level. This is something you want to do for you. So if you want to accomplish this thing, then you are the one that gets rid of the things in your life that cannot coexist with the pursuit of your goal. There are so many things that I want for my life. I want to be a good mama. I want to be great at communicating with you guys, both here on the podcast and in books. I want to make great content. I want to be healthy. I want to be connected spiritually. There's so many things that I want that cannot coexist with a lot of things that maybe other people do. I have a ton of friends who love to get high, love to get high, high all the time, living their best lives in their highest state because that is what they choose to do with their free time. And what I find interesting about this is that in the beginning, it was like something they did for fun. And then those types of habits creep. So at first, it's like, oh, we're going to a concert and they had a gummy so that they can enjoy the concert better, right? And then now they're showing up to this thing. Now it's brunch and it's the morning time and they're high. And then it's family events and they're high. And it's a little kid's birthday party and they're high. It creeps. Suddenly, they can't go to any activity unless they're high. Now they're doing work and they're high. And look, you a million percent. This is your journey. You are the captain of your ship and you get to steer that ship wherever you want. And every single person gets to decide how they're going to do what they're going to do. But I know for me that the person I want to be and the life I want to live cannot coexist with those kind of choices. I can't party and be the woman that I want to be. I can't do drugs and be the woman I want to be. I can't drink all the time and be the woman I want to be. When your ideal self is at opposition with your daily practices, that is why you are not where you want to be. Think of it like this. Let's say you're at the starting line and you see the finish line. It's 10 miles down the road. You see the finish line. And all you have to do is take the steps to get you closer to the finish line. That's your ideal self. The steps that you're going to take in between here and there are your daily practices, your daily decisions, your habits, right? But some of y'all are on the starting line of a race and your daily habits and practices are you jumping into a body of water, meaning you're in a land race. You're in a foot race. You're supposed to be running and you're making choices that are putting you in a completely different environment. Now you're over here swimming. But the race that you say that you want to be is over here, but you're making choices 
that completely pull you out of contention. You can't even compete in the space that you want to be in because your daily habits are so the antithesis of it. You get to choose. But make no mistake, you are choosing. You are either choosing to move in the direction of something better as defined by you or you are moving in the direction of something else. But it's not like a circuitous route, right? You're not going to jump in over here and be like, well, I really want to start my own business doing this specific thing. I really have this vision. This is how I'm going to help people. This is how I'm going to show up. This is what I'm going to do. But I'm just going to spend the next, you know, few years screwing around, not really trying, numbing myself so that I don't have to pay attention to the fact that I'm not where I want to be. And then I'm sure eventually it'll all work itself out. I'm not saying that you can't have a great, beautiful life headed in a direction that feels good to you. But I am saying that you need to pay attention to where you say you want to go and which direction your feet are headed in. On this particular note, I would just love to add one more thought on distractions. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times because it's real. The people you allow into your life are one of the biggest determining factors for who you are and how you show up. If you want to be more productive, if you want to be healthier, if you want to be more successful, you have to surround yourself with people who are walking a similar path or who even better are further along the path than you are. Because if you are trying to be focused and you have a group of friends who could not care less about focus or productivity and you're spending a lot of time with them, they're going to be way more effective on you than you are going to be effective on them. I'm not saying you got to give up all your friends. I'm not saying you got to stop talking to your siblings. But I do think you need to hold space for the fact that they are a distraction for you and limit the time that you spend with them. And be conscious when you spend time what that time is utilized for. Okay, the last piece of advice I wanted to add on this is to utilize different space for different things. The beauty of working from home, the beauty of working for yourself, the beauty of being an entrepreneur, having a side hustle, having this thing that you create for you is that you get to decide, right? I work from home and I get to decide if I'm gonna come out here and shoot in my studio, if I'm gonna sit at the kitchen table and do something, maybe I'm gonna walk to one of my favorite coffee shops in the neighborhood and I'm gonna go do some work there. But I have learned over the years to utilize different space for different things and I really think that this tricks your brain into believing that like, oh, we're in this space so it's time to turn this part of the brain on. I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw this college professor who was explaining to his students how to study better. 
And I think I'm getting a lot of this stuff because I have a junior in high school who's trying to figure out college. And so I forwarded it to him. But essentially, the professor was saying, find a spot in your dorm room or wherever you study. And if you can, get a lamp. It can be the cheapest lamp in the world. But whenever you want to study, sit down at the table and turn the lamp on and like head down, do everything you need to do, study, focus, focus, focus. We usually have 30 to 45 minutes that our brain can effectively stay and flow and stay focused on the task. He said, as soon as you feel yourself start to slip out of that focus state, turn the lamp off. He's like, ideally, you want to get up, you want to walk around, you want to move. And then you want to come back to the table, turn the lamp on again, do another 30-minute session, do another 45-minute session. As soon as you start to fill your brain, lose focus, shut the lamp off. But essentially, you are training yourself like Pavlov's dog that when I sit here and I turn the lamp on, we're focusing in. It's time to go. I used to do the exact same thing when I was first trying to write my first books. I would get a sitter and I would go down to the local Starbucks and I would have two hours and I would order a, oh, I loved it. Uh, I think they're called the, is it the Campana shot? I'm for sure not saying that right and maybe not even the right name, but basically it's a shot of espresso and they put whipped cream on the top and I would drink that shot sitting at a table, put gum in my mouth, put on Kendrick Lamar and just start writing. And it was a signal. And the beauty of that was it didn't matter where I was in the world. If I had to travel for work or whatever, I could always find a Starbucks, get that shot, put gum in my mouth, put on Kendrick Lamar and start working. So that was a process for me to write. I utilize airplanes to get long writing done. So if you get my Sunday email, and I hope you do, uh, but if you get my Sunday email, I tend to batch those. So I'll batch four or five. I'll get on a flight to somewhere and I'm like, all right, head down. We're just going to knock out four or five emails at one time. So they're done. I love coffee shops to work in. I love the buzz. I love the energy. I love that I'm surrounded by other people on laptops who are also working. So I'll go to a coffee shop specifically for tasks that feel a little bit more buzzy. That's things like, you know, I've spent a lot of time with my son Jackson at coffee shops here in LA planning out social media for the Start Today brand. I'll go to a coffee shop if I want to write out podcast ideas. So I'll get an idea like this, like, hey, how could I help people be more productive? Then I'll go sit at a coffee shop with coffee and write down ideas. I feel like I get really creative when I'm surrounded by that energy. If I really need to focus in on a task, I need to be by myself in a room alone and that room has to be quiet. If I want to brainstorm, I have my best brainstorming when I'm on a walk or a run listening to music. I have identified different areas of my life that are effective for different things, and I try as much as I can to utilize the space or the environment to accomplish the task. Now, certainly there are times you're on deadline or you've got to get something done and you have to make it work. Years ago, I remember after I had had some success as an author, someone came to me and was like, and he was a really successful uh, businessman. And he's like, hey, I want to write my first book. I'm like, that's amazing. You should totally do it. He's like, I really need your help. I'm like, fantastic. What can I do? And I'm thinking he's going to say, how do you hit a word count? How do you get this thing done? And he says, how do I set up a writer's room? And I was like, what, what? 
He's like, I want to set up an office in my house that is only for writing. Can you tell me how you set up yours? And I had to laugh because I I still to this day do not have a writer space. And I, I don't have a special space. I write when I can, how I can, however I can, because that is how I taught myself to write because that is how I had to write. I did not have the luxury of going into a special room and getting eight hours to write a book. I wrote my books before my kids woke up for school. Don't get attached to the idea that it has to show up in a specific way for you to get the job done. Get the job done. But whenever possible, if you can augment your schedule or your location so that you can get better work done, do that. Do that all day long. I think the key, guys, is that you're going to have to rise up above the project. Many of us get so enmeshed in the project that we can't even see it, right? We're in the forest. We can't even see the trees. So as you head into the last three months of this year, you have the potential to accomplish more in the last three months of this year than you have in the previous nine. That's real. Because I know what happens when you get focus. I know what happens when you get clarity, when you eliminate those distractions, you really push towards a goal. So you have the ability to do that, but it's going to ask of you that you get up above the project, that you get up above the problem and you figure out a plan to see your way through. I hope that these ideas were really helpful for you. And I hope that if you love something, if you heard something, if it resonated with you, you will share this podcast. Just think of how you discovered this episode. Maybe someone texted it to you. Maybe you saw it in someone's story on Instagram. Maybe you saw it in a TikTok, whatever it is. If it resonated, it might resonate with someone else. And I would really appreciate it if you'd help me get the word out. I will be back soon with more information. And as always, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Duncan's cold K-Cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Duncan flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Duncan is where you want to be. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.